0: Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for March 12, 2017. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Russ Dean, co-pastor with Amy Jackstein at Park Road Baptist Church. His sermon today is entitled, Righteous.
1: Amen. What do you want out of this life? Do you know? What would make you feel like your life was worthwhile and meaningful? And what would make you fulfilled and happy? What do you want out of this life? At our men's Sunday school class this morning, we read a poem about midlife questions. We're talking about how these questions seem to come up in midlife. And it's never too soon, young people, to start asking, what do you want out of this life? We're never too old to wonder what we want to listen to our heart. What do you want out of this life? The Tuesday morning Bible study that we call Coffee and Kibbutz is for senior adults. But who knows what a senior adult is? If you have a couple hours every other Tuesday and you want to enjoy some good refreshments and have a few laughs with some really fun people and maybe even learn something about your faith and the world and what the Bible says about that stuff, I would invite you to join us. You'll be glad you did. The time I spend with that group is some of the best time I spend. In one of our recent sessions, somehow the name ISIS was mentioned And a discussion ensued, and someone said, what do they really want? Now, maybe my answer was naive, but I don't think so. I said, they just want the same thing everyone else on the planet wants. They want a sense of security. They want the promise of a future. They want hope for their children. I think they just want a decent life, and not just enough to scrape by, not just life at a subsistence level. I think the world's most notorious terrorists want just what you and I want, a sense of fairness in life, and a touch of blessing. Now, I don't want to be distracted this morning by ISIS, but let me defend that statement, The ideology of the so-called Islamic State of Iraq and Syria is frightfully misguided, and their heinous strategies are inhumane and undeniably wicked. Their twisted beliefs evidence the very worst of what theological fundamentalism can become, perverting the name of God to justify power and demonic evil but their ungodly violence is not an inevitable product of their geography or their religion. In other words, there are plenty of good Muslims living in Iraq and Syria. Their irrational fear and fear-filled worldview is the result of despair and hopelessness and injustice as they perceive it. In such context a martyr complex, and apocalyptic theology always thrive. Muslim, Jewish, Christian, all. It is a life of blessing they seek, just as we do. But the absence of blessing produces a vacuum in which the hope of blessing gives way to the call for curse. Blessing, curse. The absence of good, in the absence of good, evil is the only alternative. If we ever want to solve the problem with ISIS or any of its sinister siblings, we will have to seek to understand what they want and why they feel they've been denied the blessing they deserve. Bombs and bans and belittling will only feed their warped pathology. There is a longing in the human heart, a longing to be satisfied and fulfilled, to experience meaning and purpose and the touch of a little extra. Call it success or prosperity or well-being. Maybe it's just fairness being rewarded justly. Or maybe there is an innate yearning in each of us for a little bit of grace, the desire for a little goodness, even if our lot in life hasn't allowed us to deserve it. As I have outlined Matthew's exquisite sermon on the mount for this four-part series, beautiful and difficult as are Jesus' words, the first lesson he teaches us is how to be blessed? What do you want in life? If we could know a sense of blessing, if we could feel that, breathe it in, soak it in, live into that blessing and live out of it, what more could we possibly want? This is precisely what the world needs. The problem is, is that most of us cannot really trust that the blessing Jesus offers will actually fill our need. R.F. Weymouth, the quote's in your bulletin, probably speaks the bias we all feel when he says people who are blessed may may, may be outwardly much to be pitied. People who are blessed, as Jesus defines blessing, are to be pitied. Hmm. Just look at Jesus' list that I just read to you. The truth is that neither the cause nor the effect of those beatitudes offers very much that's appealing to our sensual appetites. Who wants to be poor? In spirit or anything else? The mourners and the meek And the merciful are all examples of weakness as we generally understand those traits. If we are honest, we have to admit that we prefer the security offered by the warmongers, not those wimpy peacemakers. And if it comes down to it, we would rather practice our enhanced interrogation techniques, waterboard and the like. We want to be the persecuted, not the the persecutors not the persecuted, don't we? All of this just begs the question that Dan has already asked you. What do you hunger and thirst for? Amy and I decided that we would take on the so-called paleo diet for a Lenten discipline, thanks to our friend Jeff Palmer. We've done this before, and it's a pretty easy diet to follow. They say if the caveman could have eaten it, then it's on the diet. You can have all the meat you care to eat, fruit and veggies galore, but no dairy and no sugar and nothing that comes out of a bag or a box. I've got to tell you, Jeff, I hate this diet. And what I hate about this diet is what it tells me about my appetite. You see, I have eaten a good bit more in the last week than I normally eat, which is a good bit. And all that is fine, according to the caveman diet. Eat all you want. But I cannot get full on the paleo diet. You know, I I just need a little bit of dark chocolate. After that meal, you know, it's good for you. That's what they say. And and what's wrong with one Coke every now and then? And I am pretty sure that if the caveman had had that bowl of ice cream with chocolate chips and a little bit of milk that I usually eat at 10 o'clock every night, I'm pretty sure a caveman would have eaten that too. In all seriousness, I cannot get full on this diet. (laughs) In all seriousness, it has been sad for me in the last week and a half to have to admit that I can eat more in one meal than many starving children eat in an entire week, and all the goodness of a healthy diet are not enough to satisfy what I have allowed my hunger to become. You understand? I think we know what we need to be blessed. I think we're not born knowing it. There is a selfish kind of hunger born in us, but you and I know it. We have been taught, do you know right from wrong? Every one of us knows right from wrong. The Lord don't love ugly. You know that. Act like you've got good parents. Jesus consistently refers to God by the most childlike Aramaic word for father. We have been taught. Act like you've got good parents. And we do. I think we know what we need to be blessed. It's not that we don't know what it means to be righteous. It's just that most of us, most of the time, don't want to be. It's a hard word, but that's the truth. Most of us, most of the time, just don't want to be. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Jesus doesn't say, if you're poor in spirit, and if you're meek, and if you endure persecution, then you will be salt and light. This is where we begin. You are salt and light. These aren't conditional characteristics. They are constitutional. It's who you are. But being salt and light by virtue of our inheritance from God doesn't necessarily mean we will enjoy life's blessing. Jesus says being righteous brings blessing. As the old bumper sticker said it, what we are is God's gift to us. What we become is our gift to God. And it's our gift to the world and it's our gift to ourself also. Now you may not like the word righteous and I understand that, But just because it's been abused by bad theology does not mean we shouldn't try to understand what it means that it's not a worthy goal. Kathleen Norris says the Hebrew word points to one whose aim is true. How do we keep our aim true? How can we pursue a life of beatitude? Jesus says, By keeping the law. Now, I think if he were here today, he would say, it's in the Bible. It's just that simple. It's in the Bible. Now, the Bible's not simple, but the truth is there. Someone told me last week, and if Sue were here today, I would call her name, so let me just call her name. Sue told me last week, she loved our sermon. Amy and I just read the Sermon on the Mount verbatim, and she loved our sermon. But she didn't know what to do with those parts that she didn't agree with. And I said, well, like what, Sue? And she said, well, I don't believe you should pluck your eye out and all that stuff. I don't like that. Pluck your eye out. You know, Jesus says, if you see something that offends you, you ought to pluck your eye out. Well, I told her that being a fundamentalist almost always gives you the wrong answers from the Bible. And if you cannot get away from the literal words long enough to understand the much deeper message, you are a fundamentalist, as I told her last week. And Sue laughed, and we had a good laugh together, but I'm right. If you cannot get away from the literal words, I don't care whether you're a liberal or a conservative, if you can't get away from the literal words long enough to understand the deeper message, you are a fundamentalist, and you will miss the point every single time. The Bible is filled with profound wisdom. If you have thrown it out, You will be surprised, you might be surprised what incredible insights you can learn if you can be open to reading it anew and studying it again and loving it properly. Jesus suggests it is an integral part of learning what it means to be righteous. And being righteous is the source of the most fulfilling blessing. Even more than dark chocolate. If I had to summarize these 20 verses from Matthew's uh, gospel in one sentence, this is how I would say it. So here's the sermon in one sentence. Be blessed by being righteous, for you are salt and light already. And let the good book be your guide. Be righteous. You already know how. May it be so. Amen.
0: We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.